Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast, dedicated to modern sales and marketing, innovation, and leadership. Here's your host, Ian Altman. Welcome to the Same Side Selling Podcast. This is Ian Altman. We're joined this week by Meredith Elliott Powell. Meredith is a brilliant sales mind who has written many books, is considered a top sales experts to follow by LinkedIn, and happens to be one of my favorite fellow keynote speakers. We're going to discuss the greatest misconception when it comes to selling in stressful times, when you should and should not prospect during a crisis, which questions you should avoid, and the important role of salespeople. I think you'll understand why Meredith is one of my favorite peers. Here's my interview with Meredith Elliott Powell. Meredith, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited and looking forward to being here. I always learn stuff from you, and I'm sure today will be that on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Can the, the thing that we want to talk about is amidst this global pandemic, a lot of people have concerns or questions about, so what do I do? What's the greatest misconception that you feel that people have when it comes to sales or business growth in these stressful times? Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, I love this topic. I think that the biggest misconception they have is that they should stop selling. I mean, I think that um, get in get into our heads that it is the last thing we need to do is to be pushy right now. The last thing we need to do is to be aggressive. And there are a lot bit, bigger problems in the world than whether we sell a product or hit our sales goal. So that's probably the biggest misconception today. Okay. So it's this notion, it's this notion of, well, gee, now I should just stop everything I'm doing. But by the same token, I'm guessing that you're not suggesting that people should be out there selling snake oil or, <laughs> hey, here's, here's my homemade remedy for COVID-19 yeah, um, right. either. So, so, so and, and I'm sure people are thinking to themselves, well, but, but I, I can't just go out there and, and conduct business as usual. Yeah. So, so, so give me, give me some insight into that. So, you know, there's a couple of things. Number one is that I think that, um, I think that people, you know, it's back to the age old thing that I talk about from the stage. It isn't what you do, it's how you do it. And, um, and I think a couple of things are happening is number one is people are getting scared and they're getting worried. And in doing that, they are selling so aggressively and so hard and so inwardly focused. The other is that people are thinking, gosh, I can't ask people. My customers don't have money. They're not spending money. I certainly couldn't prospect on anybody right now. And they're taking the camp that they should just hole in. And the reason that both of those approaches are incorrect is number one, I, I I got a um, I got a sales pitch yesterday. I've got this company that calls me all the time about their sales training. They want me to represent their sales training to my prospects. They called me yesterday, said, "Hey, this is so and so from such and such company. I'm just checking in with you. We're having a big deal in Chicago in July. We'll give you a discount. Call me back." So I called them back and I said, "This is the most insensitive sales call I've ever gotten in my life. The last thing I'm thinking about doing right now is selling your products to my customers." Everything about that pitch was wrong. But I had another pitch yesterday from a branding expert because I'm looking at using this time right now to redo my brand. And we had a meeting set up and she just emailed me and said, would love to still talk to you. I know timing may not be great, but let's just talk about what we could do and if there are some steps we can take and maybe we can make this downtime valuable. 
perfect sales pitch. I pulled the trigger with her yesterday. Excellent. Yeah. And I think, I think the, the challenge is that people become tone deaf and they, they fall into that trap of what I like to call axis displacement disorder, where they think the <laughs> axis of the earth has shifted and the world now revolves around them. And yeah. that, that, that issue of people saying, okay, well, gee, all of a sudden my pipeline has shrunk. So now I, I, I want to be opportunistic and pounce on everybody. And it's almost like they come across as somebody trying to sell wallpaper yeah. to a homeowner whose home is on fire. Yes. And it's like, well, but, but once the fire gets put out, wouldn't you want to have this up on your walls? And it's like when someone is dealing in that crisis situation, they can't get there. By the same token, if you were somebody who, in, in effect, is selling restoration services, mm-hmm. you're not going to pitch to them and get a deal signed while the house is on fire. But you can say, hey, I'm empathetic. I understand what you're going through right now. And we help people recover from these sorts of things we're here and available whenever we can be of service to you is a totally genuine and authentic way to approach things, but you don't come across as somebody who's selling snake oil. Exactly. I think that, I think you said something so important there that I want to make sure that your listeners cap capture. And that is that you have to be selling what people need and you need to figure out what it is that people need right now. Like in all honesty, when we're looking at sales professionals that we work with, or, you know, looking at leaders, like some of the things that we sell in our coffers are not really what they need right now. But I was talking to one of my clients the other day and I'm building the program for them about how to help emerging leaders lead through a crisis. Because that's not a product that I generally offered before, but when I was talking to my client, that's where the pain point is. And understanding that in the middle of a crisis, a pain point shifts and people still need our products and services. I also think there's an area where we can see a short-term immediate need that may not be exactly our long-term business. Yeah. And we can just offer a service to people. So for example, in the, in the same side selling academy that, that we're launching really as we speak, what, what I was hearing from people is they said, well, so how should our team be interacting with people when they're not able to meet with them in person? How do we maintain engagement? And so I've come up with a concise course for that that's free. Mm-hmm. That I'm just saying to people, look, this is going to help you because long term, my clients don't necessarily need that. Short term, they need it to get through stuff. And selfishly, it's going to make it so that people become aware of the platform. But I, I could have, I could have, people could have become aware of the platform and I could have charged for it. But in this case, it was like, you know what? It's going to seem too opportunistic. I think it's more important to serve the audience and to serve your customers. And I realized that in some cases, what happens is people all of a sudden are scared yeah. and they're saying, okay, how am I going to sustain my business? So give give me some advice. How do people overcome that burden? So it's people who are saying, wow, I, you know, I got to figure out how to sustain my business. And now all of a sudden they go into that scarcity mode. Yeah, I think that um, I think, number one, you really need to be paying attention to your prospect and to your client and pay attention to um, to where they are and what they're um, and what they're going through and be able to be flexible with your um, with your payment uh, services. Uh, I'll give you a great example. I've got a client right now that um, I've worked with all last year. I mean, one of my best, best clients. Price has never been an issue. We are just joined at the hip. Well, they work in the event space. I mean, they put on massive sporting events. 
their entire business has been wiped out and they've had to lay people off. They're in the midst of need right now. And I'm working with them and helping them through things. And we're just going to figure out payment in, in later in the year when, yeah. when things come back, you know, when things come back online. The flip of that is I've got another client that I'm working with that things are going really well. And she called me and she said, quite frankly, we're going to have a little surplus in the budget because we're not having some other expenditures. Let's talk about some ways that we could use you and some programs that we could put together. So I'm personally really following um, my prospect and my customer's lead and, and being okay with that. Yep. And so what's, what's the advice for people Let's say someone is selling into an industry that hasn't been decimated, but obviously people are distracted. They're working from home. Yeah. What, what, what sort of strategies should people take to, to broach these subjects? Because we're, you and I are both in agreement that, look, you shouldn't stop selling. You shouldn't stop trying to help your customers. Mm-hmm. But you also can't come across as somebody who's tone deaf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things you need to do, and uh, you said the word really well, is they need to already be your customer. If you're going to talk to them about shifting how they spend money and what they spend money on, you have to have that relationship first. I'm not saying don't prospect. But understand that if you are prospecting right now, and you should be prospecting, because and we will get to that. I want to talk about filling the pipeline. But 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 prospecting is probably a longer sale um, right now, unless you get referred into. But a couple of conversations I've had with the CEOs that I've worked with have been saying, "Gosh, you know, your meetings aren't happening um, right now. Some of the things that you had in the budget aren't going to happen right now. Let's talk about some ways. You've got two months here where we're going to be able to work with. We're going to be able to." Um, to use some of that time. Let's talk about what you want to be different coming out and seeing what vendors, what suppliers, who we can do and we can use to make that happen. Understand, I'm not just talking about finding business for me. I'm talking yeah. about finding ways that they can, um, that they can use the time and the resources they've got effectively. Absolutely. And the idea is, and what, what the, the point that you make there that I think is so valid that I want to make sure people don't miss is it's all about you know, every, everything we're talking about is in the spirit of how am I helping my client achieve something that's important to them? Yeah. Which might end up with business for us or for somebody else, but fundamentally it's how can we be of service to those people? Because as people are reeling, each client has a choice where they're saying, okay, am I talking to somebody who is actually helping me, solve something that's important or am I talking to someone who's just trying to sell me something? Yeah. And I have, I've always believed that this is an important distinction, but especially now when people are in these crisis in somewhat of a crisis mode, if all of a sudden you come across as somebody who is tone deaf, who's just focused on yourself, those clients are going to go elsewhere, not just now, but they're going to remember that in the future and say, this is the person who is tone deaf. I I don't want to deal with them. Yeah, I mean, completely. I think the biggest thing is to help people and our prospects and customers who are stuck. And it's understandable that they're stuck right now. Nobody knows what's going to happen, whether it's this crisis or another crisis, they get stuck. And if we, I think our job as sales professionals is to say, okay, when we come out of this, where do you want to be? What, what result do you want to get? And let's talk about the things you need to be doing right now in order to make that happen. And inside of that, you'll, um, you'll find the, op- you'll find the opportunity. And, and I think you said it so well, 
well, it's not necessarily opportunity of anything you even provide right now. You may have to, you know, diversify your product mix. Absolutely. In fact, it's interesting. There's a there's a local restaurant. It's a high end restaurant. It's one of the one of the um, constantly reviewed as one of the top restaurants in the D.C. area. And the chef owner, the restaurant is called Clarity. The chef owner is a guy named John Crin. And I've I've talked about this in in other episodes. Um, John is a guy who actually spent some time in the innovation department at Booz Allen. Also, oh wow! And so one of the things that happened was as all of a sudden the the restaurants were being told they got to shut down. One of the things he did was he said, okay, every morning I'm going to post on my website a menu that's a family style menu. It's a it's a multi course meal because we know that our customers, your kids are probably home from college now. You've got additional people in the house. You can't go out because of restrictions, but we still want you to be able to have a great meal and not have to worry about it. So all you have to do is tell us the number of people and which things you want, and we'll have it ready for you curbside. Well, here's the interesting thing. They're not a family-style restaurant in general, but yeah. all of a sudden he said, what do my customers need? Well, this is what my customers need. What are the things that people miss about the restaurant? Oh, they miss our bread. They miss this focaccia that we make. They miss these types of ingredients. Okay, well, we can deliver that curbside. So whereas other restaurants in their neighborhood are devastated, his business is off a little bit, but he he proactively thought about what do people in my market need and how can I serve them? He didn't just say, oh, well, I know there's all these, uh, there's this quarantine, but you should come in anyhow. Right. Right. Well, and I think, you know, what I love about that is that he's playing the long game. I mean, we all know that he's not making the kind of money he's making when people come into the restaurant, because especially in the restaurant business, you you lose liquor sales, you lose all that type of thing, but you're staying visible. You're staying, people remember that. I I live in Asheville, North Carolina, and um, 2000, um, uh, uh, five, we had a, we had a huge flood here and my husband's office got flooded out his dental office. And we still talk about the, the, um, the banker that came around and brought us water. You know, yeah. like we were there trying to clean the office out and, and this guy showed up every day, not doing anything for us other than saying, do you need a bottle of water? And it's, it's staying visible. And if you make a sale right now, great. But the idea is trying to figure out, how do I stay visible? How do I add value so that when the pipe turns back on, you're the first people person people think about? Absolutely. The the other thing that, that I want to that I want to touch on is this: is that there's two different ways that you can approach a client who's in a crisis situation. You can either go kind of old school, hey, what's keeping you up at night? Mm-hmm. Which they're going to say, well, this this global pandemic. Right. So <laughs> probably not a great question. <laughs> or or you can say. Hey, for other clients who are in a similar situation, here's what they've been telling me is important to them. Is that consistent with what's important to you? And now what we're doing is we're framing what could be important to them and giving them context. Because for many people, many leaders right now are just thinking, man, how do I hold on to my business, hold on to my employees, hold on to my customers? And they may not be thinking strategically like Chef Crin is. Chef Crin is saying strategically, what am I, what am I going to do? In fact, I, d- I talked to him yesterday and he said, yeah, we're going to actually start. Um, they, they're, they're known for having just the, the amazing, uh, just incredible product. So uh-huh. they, they source incredible meat and fish and things like that in terms of proteins. And 
he's going to start offering that in a retail setting for clients where you can say, look, and if you want to make this stuff at home and you want to get the same quality ingredients that we do, we're going to be able to sell that. And he's using his service staff to fulfill that and do deliveries and things like that. So that way he's not losing his staff. But once again, that wasn't his business model a month ago. He had to react react to it. So when people are reaching out to clients, how much research should they be doing in advance thinking about what that client might need that they can help with? You know, what you're bringing up, it's, it's always important, but if you're in the middle of a, of a crisis and you go in and you ask a question that you should know the answer to, you just, you just buried any chance you ever have of getting a relationship. We all know that any business owner right now is worried about their employees. They're worried about their business and they're worried about how the heck they're going to come out the other side of this. So those things you should know um, ahead of time. You should be going into calls talking about the fact of, I know what your biggest issues are. Here are some of the things that I'm seeing um, in the marketplace. I want to understand a little bit deeper from you because we still got to give them a chance to talk. But you need to be going in with some ideas and some solutions and don't ask questions that you already know the answer to. Yeah. And I think I think that notion of even giving people, hey, here's here's what other people are telling us um, they they need help with. Yeah. And you may need help with that, but you just can't focus on it now. Like give people the out that says, hey, look, I understand that you may be dealing with with you may have bigger fish to fry right now. Yeah. So I need to be sensitive to that because otherwise what happens is, and I see this from so many pitches, I'm sure you receive as many as I do from different people, but it's like, hey, I, you know, I want to schedule a time to talk to you next Tuesday at 10 a.m. And it's like, there's no information. It's like, it's such an old school method. And I think to myself, I don't know who's teaching this method. Yeah. But those people, <laughs> those people, um, th- those people hopefully are under quarantine disconnected from the world right now because we'd all be better off. Yeah. I've got, a, um, I've got a client that happens to be in, um, in an industry that provides, um, they're in healthcare, they provide respirators, they provide masks, their business is on fire right yeah. now. And they got a, um, they got a sales pitch, um, from, from, uh, from a sales professional that said, we realize you're in crisis right now. We realize that these are challenging times and we realize that you're worried about how you're going to make it through. And so we're here. We'd like to talk to you. And you just, and, and my CEO was like, you know, don't even waste your time. Those people have obviously have no idea who we are or, um, or what we sell. And I think in something I think we're getting to right now is just how important salespeople are right now. I mean, your customers and prospects, they want to hear from you and they, they need a calming voice and they need ideas. And if you can just have those conversations and for people who are ready to move forward, move forward for people who aren't help them just get through the next couple of months to the point that they're ready. And they'll remember that. Absolutely. I also think that what people need to have awareness of is you might be someone who is selling into an industry that's been absolutely decimated at this point which means you need to figure out how to pivot. If your yeah. primary market was selling into cruise lines yeah. and selling into sell, selling expendable items in hospitality, you're going to have to pivot and figure out where your skills and talents can be used elsewhere. Absolutely. Because, because it's going to be a while, even if all of a sudden, you know, we had a miracle and in the next, in the next two weeks, everything was recovered 
those industries, it's going to take a long time for people to say, oh, I'm really comfortable getting back on a cruise ship and where they're at capacity. Now, having said that, there are going to be PR people and marketing people who have tremendous opportunities to help position a cruise line. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's a good time for you to have a conversation about at least diversifying who you sell to. I mean, those of us who came through 2008 and worked quite a bit in the financial services uh, industry learned that lesson. You definitely don't want to have, um, you know, your eggs in, in all one basket, but how can you, how can you look at some of the opportunities to sell into the, you know, to sell into the other markets? Because the first ones hit are going to be, I think that I saw, um, I saw a segment this morning. They said that they really expect about half of the hotels in the country may not make it back. Wow. Wow. You know, it's interesting. I remember you talk about diversification. In my prior business in 2001, if you had asked me before 9-11, gee, how diversified are you? We felt like we were extremely well diversified. We said, oh, yeah, we would deal with insurance companies. We deal with we deal with um, uh, financial services companies. We deal with banks. And we didn't realize that we're all basically the same industry. <laughs> and right. when, when 9-11 happened, all of a sudden we said, ooh, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't have forgotten about our pharmaceutical clients. Maybe we shouldn't have thought, forgotten about our manufacturing clients. And we were able to pivot because we had that past experience. But it's, it's challenging for people to really think through that aspect. And I think that the, the positive, the silver lining in all this is that and, and sure, it's devastating and it's sad because there are going to be some businesses that are really going to struggle and may not survive through this. But the ones that do are going to come out even stronger because they're going to have new diversified revenue streams and they're going to be better in tune with where they serve different types of clients. Yeah, and I think that's um, I think that's so uh, I think that's so important. I think that you know you you have um, you have situations like this, and one thing that it does is typically cleans the industry, right? It takes what might be an overcrowded marketplace, and so there will be more opportunity, you know, when you come out of it. But I think you know if you're listening to us right now and you're a sales professional and not a sales leader, or you don't think you're in a position to diversify, you are. Go and have those conversations. I mean, any type of situation like this is a great learning opportunity and to say, how well were we prepared as we came into it? And is there anything that we could do to be even better prepared as we come out the other side? And the answer to that question is always yes. I'm going to leave it there because that was beautifully said. And Meredith, what's the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about what you're up to? Well, they can certainly find me on my website, which is valuespeaker.com, just the words value and speaker.com. I tend to live on LinkedIn, and uh, but you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as a little bit of YouTube. And I would love to connect, so I really believe in connecting. Please reach out. Excellent. Meredith, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom, as always. Thank you. Meredith has so much wisdom to share. Here's a quick recap of the key information you can apply to your business. First, be sure that you are not overselling if you, in fact, are feeling stressed. Remember to be of service right now more than anything else. Second, don't ask questions to which you should already know the answer. Demonstrate your awareness of their situation and thereby demonstrating your expertise. And finally, think about how you can adapt and diversify to serve the needs of your existing clients and maybe clients in adjacent areas who need your help. As always, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic I should cover or a guest I should have on the show, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. And please be sure to check out the Same Side Selling Academy at samesideselling academy.com. 
Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, especially your customer. Bye now.